The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. One of my other favorite things is happening today, and that's my monthly phone, well, not my monthly conversation with physiotherapist Grant Fedork from Leading Edge Physiotherapy. Hey, Grant, you're on the phone today. I am. Thanks for letting this one in you're not uh you're not in studio which you normally are it's fit after 40 but uh, i hope you're enjoying uh enjoying um you know being at the office today and calling it in you wanted to talk you wanted to talk about hip pain yeah today you there's a bit of a, a delay. yeah there's a bit of a delay are you, there are today. you hearing me over there yeah there's a bit of a delay today Okay. What we could do, Jay, is I could call in from a different number here, too. It's pretty easy for me to do, unless you're hearing me now. I can hear you now pretty good. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you just fine. Okay. There's a delay there. We just might have to deal with it a little bit. You wanted to talk about hip pain, and if anyone's had hip pain, you know it can be just a real pain. It's awful. And you were telling me that there's three different kinds, or there's lots of different kinds, but the three that you wanted to talk about today, one of the first one is hip flexor tendinosis. What is that? So that's pain at the front of the hip, Jalen. It's uh, You're going to get little micro tears that form just at the front of the hip and in the tendon called the hip flexor so it runs up the front of the quad it's one of the quadricep muscles it can be the rectus femoris or it can be another muscle called the iliopsoas and basically if people are getting that type of a pain it can be right in the front of the hip literally along that tendon right at the attachment to the bony prominence at the front of your hip oh okay. so that one's called hip flexor tendonitis and then there's tronche, I can't even say it, but it's some sort of bursitis. <laughs> yeah, so, so trochanteric bursitis, that one's going to be hip pain that you get on the outside of the hip. So basically, if you were to stand with your hands right at your side and put them right beside you, basically right where your wrist creases, there's a bony prominence there called the greater trochanter. And that, that basically is the outside of your, of your femur, and it kind of sticks out. And right in front of that is a little fluid-filled sac that keeps the tendon from basically grinding over the bone. And if that fluid-filled sac becomes inflamed or enlarged, then it becomes quite painful. So people with this type of a pain, they're going to get this literally this sharp, deep, dull, egging pain right on the outside of their hip, right where you're, right where you're basically, where you would lay if you were laying on your side. Mm-hmm. So people with this kind of a problem get a lot of pain if they're trying to lay down on their side. Um, it, it basically is nagging. It'll occur at all times and especially with rest because with inflammatory problems, as you've heard me talk about on the show before, those kind of problems don't get better uh, when you stop moving, they actually get more aggravated. So even laying down at night, for instance, will start getting pretty painful right on the outside of the hip. And that one, for those listening, is called trochanteric bursitis. Okay, and then the other one, what is hip OA? All right, hip OA. So the third one that we thought I thought we would talk about, this is the one that, you know, and this can, believe it or not, we used to think that this was just a problem, osteoarthritis, that was, you know, more for older people and i want to i want to say that this really fits into fit after 40 because we're seeing these kind of a problems start forming in people much younger Uh, there's lots of different reasons for it because of our activity levels uh the stresses we're putting onto our body 
all of the very things that we've talked about, how important it is to be active, some of those things will take their toll on the joints. And as the joints lose their surface, the covering of the surface starts to wear away. It's no longer smooth. It no longer allows for that normal movement of the hip. And in fact, over time, we'll actually build up bony spurs inside, and that's osteoarthritis. Now, people with this kind of a pain, there's a few different things that they're going to feel. So number one, they're going to have limited movement in the hip, quite a bit of limitation. And, you know, they're not going to be able to cross their legs or sit cross-legged. Mm. Uh, they might have a tough time sitting, kneeling down and having their hip basically pushed right into their tummy sort of a thing. Uh, the pain's going to be more inside. And it, believe it or not, these ones actually can be really painful as far down as the knee. In mm. fact, lots of people who will come in thinking they've got knee problems, they've got osteoarthritis in their hip. Typically, what we find is people will present with like quite sharp pain in their groin. So it's going to hurt way up inside that joint, and they might think it's a groin strain. But when we test the range of motion, we find something called the capsular pattern. That's a specific limitation in the movement of the hip, what we call internal external rotation and flexion. And when those occur, then we know they've got osteoarthritis. And then all three of these are going to have different approaches. Okay, so wanted to talk a, a little bit about that, Grant, because, and, and the other thing is timelines as well, uh, because, you know, when you're in that pain and certainly in your hips, it's just you, you want it to go away, you want it to, you want to get back to what you're able to do. So with the tendonitis, uh, the hip flexor tend, or sorry, tendinosis, um, yep. which is in the front there, I mean, what's the, what would a treatment for that look like? Well, you made a great, point right there when you said tendonitis tendinosis so tendonitis is an acute inflammation due to those little tears and so when that's new you've just done it you've been running or you did a whole bunch of stairs or you were in the garden for the first time or you were shoveling <laughs> yeah. believe it or not that's going to cause these kind of a problem when it's really acute the sooner you get ice and start applying ice very religiously 20 minutes every hour sort of a thing the sooner you're going to reduce that inflammation and hopefully prevent something like tendinosis and tendinosis is more of a chronic condition it occurs when your body's not doing a good job of solving the tendinitis or a strain okay. and your body just keeps laying down collagen trying to heal it uh. and tendinosis, tendinosis describes an irregular or um, a poor a, pro, a, a poor attempt by the body to heal it and it basically is now the tendon doesn't look the same as it would have before now, with those, we're going to deal with them differently. We are going to start to apply light stretching to them earlier on. We are going to apply heat to them. We're going to get people to do strengthening, but only once we've got that pain to start settling down first through different soft tissue release techniques. So these are the sort of things we'll get people to foam roll but over the quad and not over the tendon. Mm. So that's something somebody could do at home. Okay, the bursitis, um, I've dealt with it. I know my father-in-law dealt with it, and you talk about sleeping, and it was darn near impossible at times. And it seems, Grant, like it went on forever and ever and ever. Um, I, you know, uh, we had done different treatments on it. I know my father-in-law did, I think, some cortisone, cortisone shots at one point yep. as well. Um, you know, it's it's getting that, what, the inflammation of that bursa down yeah that's part of it so there is definitely a local inflammation of the bursa itself but there's also a lot of stress on it that comes from the tissues that act over top of it and so when people try cortisone and it doesn't work because cortisone is a local anti-inflammatory applied right into that tissue and so if they only get short-term relief or no relief at all 
then it's likely that it's the stress across that tissue that's causing the problem. Mm. And so these are patients that we want to deal with the other structures, like, believe it or not, their gluteal muscle and what's called their tensor fascia lata muscle. Those muscles have a tissue that go over it called the fascia or iliotibial band that actually becomes fascia over the glute as gluteal muscle as well. And if we can get that tension to go away through techniques we do, like Graston or IMS or deep tissue work, and in some cases even stretching later on, then we can take the pressure off of the bursa. But when you've got an acute problem, definitely early on, we will use ice. Later on, we'll use heat. And then NSAIDs, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories like Advil or naproxen or these sort of things. And they are appropriate and they can work. Of course, we aren't going to tell people to take drugs. That's for you to discuss with yeah, your physician yeah. or or. or or a pharmacist but certainly those can help when those are when those are quite uncomfortable and if you're getting trouble sleeping at night just applying some heat to the area believe it or not it helps to disperse the inflammation it helps your body to increase the circulation might give you a little longer rest period and also don't lay on it. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. help at all. Well, it's it's tricky if you if you're a side sleeper, which so it many is. so many are. And I know there are th- some things that you can buy as well, almost like little rings or pillows to help with sleep. I'm not sure how well it does work, but I know I've seen them. Um, mm-hmm. What so with things like the tendinosis and and the bursitis? My question: What what causes this? Is it is it being overweight? Is it doing too much exercise? Is it doing too little exercise? Is it just the aging process? You hit them all on the head. All of those actually <laughs> be the problem. Overactivity too soon, too quick, too much can cause tendonitis to form in any tissue because you're stressing it when it's not ready. It hasn't properly been trained. Um, not doing anything and then doing something will obviously put an abnormal stress on it. Trauma, though, it's a very common one, especially for trochanteric bursitis. Somebody has a fall, they land right on the outside of their hip, and it's hurting a week later, and it's pretty bad. People will go in thinking they've broken their hip mm. because it's so sharp, and they'll get x-rays when, in fact, it's the burst of this inflamed. That's how painful they can be. Um, the hip flexor tendonitis, it's overextending the hip is typically the case. So soccer players who you know, really step back and then release as much energy from a kick as possible, if you can imagine that picture in your head, or lunging forward with the one leg staying in behind, or slipping and having one leg stay behind. That'll cause those little tears or strain in the tissue. And then it's the inflammatory response that doesn't go away that becomes a problem, and that's where aging comes in. Unfortunately, as we get a little bit older, our body doesn't respond to these inflammatory conditions like it used to. Uh, our genes <laughs> just don't allow for that and so unfortunately they can prolong and stick around for a while and that's when you end up with something called tendinosis. So with the tendinosis and the bursitis, once you've had it, are you likely to get it again? I get asked that question all the time. It depends. It's, you know what? I Tendinitis has a tendency to come back and I've seen that in the years for sure. If it's dealt with properly and we get rid of them by addressing all of the other faults in the tissue, weakness, uh, uh, soft tissue contracture, or, or basically loss of range of motion, then it reduces the chances that it's going to come back. And that's why a rehab program is so important. You might be able to get rid of it or get it down to the point where it's livable, but the fact that you're not getting rid of it entirely and going through that process definitely sets you up to having these problems come back over and over and over. And the more they come back over and over and the longer you leave them, as you and I have talked about before, 
the harder it is for us to help you get rid of them later on. Doesn't mean we can't. We've got other tricks up our sleeve, and that's what that's where technology and some of the other things that we've got at our disposal come in handy but the sooner you address these problems the better it is for the long run. So are there some things for those who've who've dealt with the tendinosis who have dealt with the bursitis that we can do once it's settled down once that inflammation is gone and you're sleeping better again you're moving better again that pain is has uh, moved out of the area are there things that we can do once we finish the rehab session all of that we've done the whole thing start to finish are there stretches that we can do are there things that we can do to try to offset it from happening again? I mean, I'm guessing maybe losing some weight would help. I'm guessing, you know, all sorts of things, Grant. Yeah, you know, and as I've always said, the number one key to all of these injuries is cardiovascular fitness. So the more active you are, the better your body's going to respond to injury. That being said, I think you, you kind of alluded and you were on the right path. It's prevention is key. So one of the number one things I see is that we help somebody through it. And then next thing you know, they're back because they didn't reintroduce the activity slowly. They just, they thought, oh, you know what? Squash was what hurt my hip. I'm going to go play soccer. They just go run out onto the field and start playing soccer again because it wasn't squash. They don't go through that process in their head of of thinking, well, I'm going to put a new stress on this tissue. Maybe I should warm up properly or I should introduce that activity slowly, which is really important. But I think... It's a mental thing for all of us over 40 that we can just do what we did when we were under 40. <laughs> so one of, the, one of the really important things of having these chats with you on Fit After 40 is to remind people our bodies do change as we get older and it's more important, as important to make sure that we're reintroducing or going back into activity slowly or if we are doing something new, be it yoga, is a good example. Yoga is fantastic for the body, but if you introduce certain movements too quickly or without the proper and adequate introduction time frame meaning you don't just do a full one hour of downward dog it's going to be a bad idea if you have never done it before so the more people realize that they need to introduce activities slowly do them little bits at a time and see how their body is going to adapt to them that's going to definitely keep people out of our clinic and that's our goal We've been talking about hip pain today, hip flexor tendinosis, uh, bursitis, and uh, we, we touched a little bit on hip osteoarthritis off the top of the conversation. Want to cycle back around to it as, as we finish up this conversation. Uh, Grant, I'm guessing though, once you have um, osteoarthritis, have uh, arthritis in that hip, you're dealing, uh, dealing with it for the rest of your life. That doesn't go away. Correct. But, uh, you know, while it doesn't go away and then there is no current way to reverse it except for actually having the hip basically operated on to remove the osteoarthritis either through debridement resurfacing or through getting an entirely new hip Mm. through a hip replacement but that being said the research right now out there is actually very 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 positive in in the format of exercise and strengthening and while people out there who have osteoarthritis in the hip think that exercise is the last thing that they might want to do because when they're active it hurts so much doing a specific exercise program and going through uh, basically an education followed by uh, a circuit type of a workout and then discharge to home exercises where you keep up that uh, exercise program has shown remarkable outcomes Um, there is basically a reason for people to have hope out there and There's these programs out there, one in which we do offer called GLAD, that can make a huge difference to people who have uh, hip osteoarthritis. 
Okay. Um, you know what, Grant, always, always great information. And if people want to find out more or ask you a question, they can go to leadingedgephysio.com. I've, I've passed it along to a couple of people this afternoon. Click on the Ask the Physio link, and Grant, you'll get back to them, won't you? Yeah, absolutely. I enjoy I enjoy conversing with people, whether it's through email or on the radio. The more information <laughs> we can get into people's into people's uh, brains, the more they can help manage these problems themselves. Uh, knowledge is power, and that's what we can offer people today. Absolutely, and thank you for um, offering up that knowledge and passing it along to the to the listeners of Chedville over the past year. Grant, look forward to uh, another year ahead of Fit After Forty. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks, Jay. We look forward to talking to you. Happy New Year to everybody, and Merry Christmas to you all as well. You too, Grant. Thanks for this. Take care now. Okay, take care.